0: Mining Your Business Podcast is back yet again with another episode about change management. Now, I'm not sure if you caught it, but I didn't mention that the Mining Your Business Podcast is a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. Why? Because Jakob told me to change it up. You know, I was not a fan of this at first because I felt some sort of resistance to it. Hey Jakob, want to tell the listeners why?
1: Yeah, let's get into it. change is hard um well last episode we actually talked about the change management and uh, what is revolved around and how process mining can actually help with and eventually even accelerate uh, a change within an organization um however as you probably know from your own experience and from your own company uh as i said at the beginning change is hard and uh There is a lot of reasons why people are avoiding, maybe even dodging the change because, you know, it creates an environment where uh, things are different, things are changing, and sometimes things can even change for worse. And uh, while, uh, you know, us as consultants or even you as a management uh, who is in charge of the change uh, can't always make people feel people comfortable with the change, you can for sure minimize the discomfort that is resulting from such a change. And hence, in this episode, what we will do is actually, first of all, give you a list of uh, top 10 reasons why people are avoiding the change in the first place. Uh, you know, people in this episode will be pretty much um, switchable or replaceable with the word organization, because if we are talking about people, it can go from one person, but also to a whole department or even a company. Um and then we will try to kind of draw a blueprint and talk about the various different ways on how you can eventually overcome such a resistance to a change. Um, some of the examples will be from our own experience uh, as a company, as a people, uh, as you can imagine if you're a growing company you are introducing a lot of change into your uh, organization as well. And uh, trust me when I say that uh, being a process mining expert doesn't mean that all the processes that we have are uh, totally uh, on point. (laughs) Patrick Patrick is already laughing because he knows exactly what we are going to talk about. (laughs) And uh, I guess what what I'm trying to say is that uh, uh, I just want to highlight and uh, put an emphasis on it again that change really is hard. And uh, it's probably even harder when you're trying to do it with uh, dozens or even uh, hundreds of people. So um, yeah, for let's sure. Start. And
0: I, I just wanted to quickly mention that I don't want to have this episode be interpreted as us like preaching, like, hey, embrace the change. It's always good. And all these things, because I know from our experience that even though we talk about change, we identify problems and processes and p- potential solutions to these um, things and how that can benefit the company and all these positive things. When I hear that our company is introducing a new tool, I'm groaning myself. And, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I get it. You know, I think we're all in the same boat here. So I think it's a little bit of um, um self. Uh, how should I put this? You know, we're also talking about this for ourselves because, you know, we've gone through the process. We know what it's like. Um, exactly. And change is hard indeed
1: yeah and the example uh you know let's actually start with the example so that um Mm. people uh can actually trust us when we say uh change really is hard and we've been there we are not always on the other side uh talking people into changing themselves and their behavior but we Mm. sometimes struggle ourselves and uh you know year 2022 was um I would say, very interesting for process and in many levels, uh, not only the growth, but uh, at some point when you are a growing organization, when you grow from ten, five, ten 5, 10 people into 40, 50, 60, uh, you got to introduce some new tools to organize the way you're working. Because it's no longer the case that everybody sits in the same office and everybody can just uh go talk to your colleague about the problem right you actually have to create a proper management system not only to organize your work but also organize your knowledge have a proper knowledge sharing sessions and so on and so forth and um, one of the first things we've introduced early this year was actually a new erp system um we didn't go for sap i think we are a little smaller for (laughs) sap uh, at this point um but well, we went for oh, okay. uh, uh, another ERP system, and this was uh, a massive change in our organization because up until this point, we were kind of utilizing the power of uh, different tools, specifically and most importantly, Teams, uh, which uh, you know gives you a lot of tracking options and mm-hmm. organizing the way of your uh, the way you work with all the Kanban works, but also obviously Excel because half of the well, actually ninety five percent of world runs of Excel still. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we did so many mistakes when we when we went for it. Yeah. And we will actually list them today. Uh, but I want to uh, just say how it went from the very beginning. So imagine that uh, you are just using your Excel tool for tracking uh, whatever you need to track. And suddenly uh, your management comes in. Okay, guys, so from next week onward, we are using this new ERP tool uh, that is not installed yet. It's not configured yet, but it will be on from next week onward. So please start tracking that.
0: And then yeah. you are just sitting there you're like... <laughs> what <laughs> yeah very very abrupt i should say and also it was not just a um, there was fairly limited grace periods given as in yeah next week we start and by the end of that week we're just going to be using it full-time everyone <gasps> yeah. around is just questioning okay how do i even spell this tool never been heard of heard of it and yeah yeah the questions were um came in very uh hot and quick let's let's say
1: yeah, yeah. And that uh, was a, a quite a good example of how not to roll out a new tool, how not to do a change within an organization. And, uh, you know, let's not uh, waste any more time and we will actually uh, dive run- right into our list of uh, top 10 reasons uh, why people and organizations are avoiding the change in the first place. I love the
0: first one. I love the first one because you see it everywhere. It's not enough motivation, right? <laughs> why are we even doing this change? right yeah. what is it good for what does it benefit me what does it do for the company i don't get it i don't if i don't understand the reason why we're doing this why do i even bother to change right it's seeing the reason behind that is uh, causing the, the the problem here because if you don't empathize with the the really the problem that it this is trying to solve and why you need it and it might not be even applicable for you right you just need to change and you don't know why but it's benefiting, benefiting not even you but just somebody else so it's hard to gain that level of empathy and that, um, and therefore the motivation to even go along with the change, right? Yeah. And so if it doesn't benefit you, if there's nothing in it for you, then why even bother?
1: Yeah, it uh, actually happens very often, especially with process mining implementations, because uh, the business users and the consumers of our report are usually fed up with the reporting as it is already. Uh, imagine that your company is using uh, not one or two tools, but maybe four or five different tools for different reports for different um, capabilities. And then we come there with, uh, you know, this big fanfare saying we have the best uh tool in the world for you which will optimize your processes and save your 10 million dollars a year and they're like yeah but um (laughs) why (laughs) what do i get out of it it's probably even more work which actually leads me to a second point that we have here uh which actually is just more responsibilities for the person who is eventually at the end of the chain when it comes to the change so even introducing the new tool comes uh, very often with with more work and more responsibilities. And getting back to our example with the ERP system, not only that uh, we had to start using something where we just didn't really see the motivation because, well, you know, Excel is fine, right? <laughs> Works perfectly yeah. fine. Easy to just sum couple of uh, fields and just get the output that you need um however now with this uh, new tool it was not only that you have to start using it but it's actually on top of what you were already doing because suddenly you have to managing uh you have to manage so many different things in process mining it's exactly the same because it usually means that you have to learn something new you have to change the way that you were used to do things and start having a different mindset
0: yeah yeah i mean you bring up such a good point it's the that needing to learn the new system on top of already still doing the old one and figuring yep. out how to transition and getting used to the new way of working. It might not just be even be a new tool, but it might be that the thing that you're using might be replaced by something completely different. And also maybe the, the process by which things happen could be in a completely new order. Right. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it can have the potential to turn your entire way of thinking about how you work on its head and just not even the the task of learning the the new way of working but also just adjusting mentally and figuring out your new place in this new process is is a big deal you know especially if there hasn't been a significant change in your department organization or something in quite a while you know yeah. being that um that set in the way that you do things and then breaking out of that can be- become a big challenge for for a lot of people and yeah. um it's 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 true. It will require work. And I think there are some things on this list later, yeah. spoilers, that will um <laughs> help a little bit in, in, in this regard.
1: Yeah. You you guys would, uh, I'm sure you guys know how the changes are usually working. You get a new task, um, you know, your manager just says, you know, carve out two or three hours a week from your schedule
0: and work <laughs> on this. But you're like, I'm already working when? forty <laughs> six hours a week.
1: When am I supposed to do that? Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, With what time, sir? Yeah. Please tell me. Yeah. Manner, please tell me and no it way. can
1: even get as bad uh as that it could raise your own concerns about your own competence because uh let's be completely Oof. honest here some of the tools are difficult some of the tools are not as straightforward to use and uh I mean, I don't know about you, Patrick, but it really took me a while to understand what Process Mind is actually doing. And I'm not saying uh, it's hours or, or days, but more like weeks or almost months to completely grasp the, 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 the logic behind it and what, I'm, what we are trying to do there. And if you um, march into an organization and tell people that they need to start using something new while they maybe even lack a training uh, and the knowledge to do so, it can be very challenging for them uh, to a degree that they start um, they start being uh, or question their own competence for doing their job in the first place.
0: And Jakob, I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't know how our ERP system works. Okay? <laughs> don't tell anyone.
1: Uh, I- okay? I'll keep it for myself, Patrick. <laughs> no, but you so is up- this why I have to always redo your
0: hours? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I just don't know how. Um, so, but you bring up such a good point, and it's, it's that same thing, like. Um, having that organization like being twisted, like turned on its head, and you just don't know where you fit in anymore. And that can seriously harm what you think about your own competence, like you said, and that can be um, very detrimental. And, you know, um, lack of confidence in yourself and the, the way you do things, you know, learning new things is hard, you're gonna probably suck at it at the beginning. And that's, that's normal. You know, I would say, some people are i hate those people but are just naturally gifted at whatever they do right they just <laughs> kind of figure it out first try it's like oh yeah it's actually really simple you just do this and this and then and you, and you keep thinking yeah i hate you i hate <laughs> you so much I, I don't know how this works and yeah. know so it, it's um but i think that's completely normal like w- whenever you learn something new that that skill gap is always going to be there and it mm-hmm. just takes some adjustment time to get a hold of it yeah Um,
1: Very similar point of view is actually point four that we have here, which is a loss of control. And I have a beautiful sentence here, actually. Um, Our sense of self-determination is often the first things to go when faced with a potential change coming from someone else. And it's really clear. Imagine that you are uh, managing your own tool and you've been in it for years and you know every single detail about how to use that. And suddenly your management organization decides to change or introduce something new. And you just feel completely uh, without any control. While before you knew exactly what to do and how to do it, suddenly you not only are struggling with learning something new, but you also have someone who is potentially uh, more skilled or even better in this new job telling you what you should do, which is something that uh, not everybody uh, can handle so easily because people are proud, uh, people are egoistic, and sometimes even egocentric. And it's just natural that sometimes this is a resistance uh, that uh, you might face.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that's where um, that, that level of control that you like to have about, hey, I get to determine how I use the tool and blah, blah, blah. Now then immediately goes out the window. And uh, I mean, we can move on to point five, which I think is the, which I think is kind of underlying and underpinning most of these points is the excess uncertainty, right? Better the devil, you know, than the devil, you don't know. I like <laughs> these quotes that you wrote in here, by the way, these are very good. Um, exactly. So it, whenever there's a change, whenever something new, a new person gets hired or a, um hey, something new gets introduced, there's always uncertainty because, hey, it's going to be new. It hasn't been done yet. It's not in the past. We can say things for certain about things that are in the past, but in the future, it's kind of looking into a crystal ball, right? So there are risks, right? There could be that this change is detrimental, right? That can happen. It could be that things are going to be worse for you after this change. So yeah. with that uncertainty comes, you know, fear, comes, um, you know, and sense of doubt in management, in whatever. it, The whole company, you can... You know, it can unsettle you. It uh, can be rather frightening sometimes.
1: Yeah, and actually, recently, I don't know if I read or listened to an interesting uh, a book uh, where there was an interesting point on introducing new technologies. Uh, specifically, when uh, uh, the author in this book was arguing that um, it's not always about this incremental change because if a people or if a person is resisting this change, if you tell him that you can do your task five percent faster or five percent better. They're not gonna jump on that because five percent better. It's like yeah, but I already have five years of experience. I can just mm. mitigate this five percent by knowing what I'm doing. A um, typical example would be some kind of a macro or in, or reporting in Excel using some macros and everything. And while you introduce maybe a visualization to that, well, it's nice, but it just doesn't clearly uh, cut cut it to the chase. And if you want to introduce like a and a, a an, an significant improvement. Uh, that the tool itself, the change itself, sh- should give you more than these five percent. It should represent something way faster, way better, way more um, uh, more convenient. That brings the results that uh, are not, you know, in five, seven percent better, but like significantly better. A typical example of this was uh, a search engines. So, like there was before Google, there were other search engines like uh, Yahoo and Bing, which were better, Ask but G. then. <laughs> Yeah, and then Google comes and it doesn't improve it by like 10%, but it improves it so drastically that it just doesn't make any more sense to use the old tools, right?
0: Yeah, that, that's that's a good point, actually. Um, however, I do think that um, there is a bit of a, a, a timeline associated with this, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you imagine us with our new ERP system, um, the old way, you know, with, uh, with um, our Excel and all the other tools that we had, we could, you know, figure things out fairly quickly. And yeah. I think once the new ARP was introduced, it took us a while to get back up to that to that level of speed and efficiency, right? Yeah. So th- there's a bit of a curve if you can imagine like the 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 efficiency kind of as soon as the new tool just drops because you know everyone's learning, no one really knows, people are going to make mistakes because it's new, haven't been trained well or anything, right? And then that hopefully kind of comes back to that original level and as you said exceeds that level by hopefully more than five percent because otherwise you just had like a loss of productivity for like a couple of weeks months yeah. or something and then you have nothing to show for it
1: yeah yeah and that actually takes us to this uh, point number six which is everything seems different and uh, it's it's exactly what you're saying i mean people are creatures of a habit of mm-hmm. routines and if you have a routine, even if it's a bad routine, you will probably become pretty efficient at it and pretty good at it. Um, and while introducing a change, this will pretty much Change <laughs> did I send change yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might have mentioned it.
1: <laughs> uh, so routines uh, become automatic, and it creates people efficient and confident that what they are doing. And if you're introducing something new, well, you gotta give people time to to accustom themselves. But let's not jump into solution mode just yet. Let's jump actually to um, number number seven. And this surprise. is surprise.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As you can hear from my previous example, the introduction of our ERP system was very much a surprise to us right yeah. it was um came from one week to the next and the adjustment period of okay in order for this to work next week i must know this i must know that i know how to do this where does this go how does this tie in what is it everything going to look like learning all that in 5 days is <laughs> it's a big <laughs> ask in my opinion so um you know that's that's i think a surprising change you know the bigger the heads up the better i mean there's just a limit to that of course but like the the surprise element is um one of those things that can negatively affect even how positive a change it is, can detrimentally affect the the change itself. Right?
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, you know, changes and the bigger the change, the uh, more in advance it should be communicated in the first place, because the more people it will actually um, um, take into account or revolve around, which actually takes me to uh, a next point in my list, which is a ripple effect, which is something that sometimes um, organizations and managers uh, are not completely aware of because every change you introduce will have a direct impact on the people that they uh, you know, use the new tool or use the new way of working. Um, but it has just such a big impact on everyone else as well. Um, imagine the ERP system in our case, for instance. Uh, you know, First of all, we have to learn how to use it. Uh, also, the people that are reporting to us as managers also need to learn how to use the tool. But, uh, you know, since it's a reporting tool, it's, since it's an ERP tool and we are reporting hours to our customers and everything, it also has an impact on customers. It can lead to errors. It can lead to some things that if not uh, properly handled can create some unnecessary, completely unnecessary tension because... Uh, if you knew how the tools worked before, you were fine, you knew what to expect, but suddenly you are confronted with something completely new. You need to create time for that. You are very likely to do a mistake and it can have a negative impact on many people in, you know, down the chain who are dependent on this change of yours.
0: Yeah, you're you're so right. And and it's very much one of those things that we we can point to that, you know, um it's it is some what of a change for us to to change this um behavior into this new tool and this uh, adapt to this new change but also it has so many effects further down the road some direct some indirect and it's um it's kind of fascinating to see how far small changes can even traverse the organization and have somewhat even because if you imagine like a wave like the biggest um you know, the height of the wave is closest to, you know, where the ripple originates, but sometimes that doesn't have to be true, right? Even the smallest change at the point of change can have massive waves further down the line, right? Yeah. So that's, um, it needs to be carefully considered when even doing the change in the first place is that what ripple effects could occur. And I think yeah. a, a lot of them cannot be anticipated even at the start. yeah.
1: yeah one of the ripple effects that uh, is probably anticipated because it usually impacts the people in the first line is a loss of face which is also uh, item 9 on our list um what i'm trying to what i mean with this point is that people associated with the latest version with the latest um tool that you've been using uh, the latest uh, process that you had in place uh and if it's the process that didn't work if it's the tool that wasn't popular or you spent a lot of money uh on it a lot of development time um might get pretty defensive about the new change because they invested heavily on it they put themselves into it uh they really put their uh chops on the line and clearly it didn't work and now they are the first <laughs> one who are probably being uh blamed by their coworkers by their management Even though, you know, if you create this uh, environment of uh, uh, fail-safe kind of an organization that can be prevented, um, however, it will still create some tension. And uh, these things should be handled with care because last thing you want is to lose your best people who might have just worked on a bad project, just uh, was uh, doomed to fail from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, so having a track record of successful changes, (laughs) <laughs> you know, leads to, you know, um, adopting the newer changes more easily. Because if you, I mean, everyone remembers that last time somebody rolled out a change and it just went horribly. You remember that week where we had to do so much work just because somebody didn't consider this or the change was bad and we rolled back? Yeah, everybody remembers that. So um, having a a good track record of a, we we know how to, how this works. Previous version was rolled out fine. Saved some time. Remember that right? Now we're just going to do it again, right? But if you don't have that track record, it just becomes a little bit harder to convince people to why Mm -hmm. this is worth it. Because, you know, if it doesn't work out, changes fail, you know, might be more reluctant to go along with it.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, this leads us to a last point on our list with uh, which is that sometimes the threat is and really can be real. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you introduce changes, uh, people might indeed lose jobs people might be fired someone might be blamed for previous inefficiencies um while we are trying to always say that it creates opportunities it may also decease the old jobs or the old assignment that you had because if you uh have a tool that uh, takes uh, or just can do so many things at once while previously you probably had five tools to do these things Uh, do you even need the tools now do you need the people who are managing them do you need the people who are owning them um that's always a question for management and i think um being aware of this uh and it's come coming back to this ripple effect like what kind of an impact it can create for organization can prepare you better for these changes to uh to, to to go in action
0: yeah i mean i can't really think of um Anything worse than, I mean, if you're hired as a systems expert for something, you've been in the organization for 20 years and know it, and all of a sudden management says, yeah, by the way, we're getting rid of this tool now. And then that's why you were hired. That's the reason you're there. What happens to you, right? Yeah, that's a yeah. real threat, right? What are you going to do, right? Yeah. So um, that, that you know, obviously, I, I think we both have been um, there where things like that have happened. And I don't think... I mean, I might be misremembering, but I don't think anyone has lost their job because of something like that yet that <laughs> I've witnessed. Or maybe I misremember. I don't know, but it really, really happens. A lot you of the know, very, time- selective, very selective memory, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. But my point is that, you know, usually, um, you know, the knowledge that somebody has gained in even if in the tool that's being just gotten rid of, you know, they, they know how the organization works and the things that surround them and everything. And that knowledge, is always useful, right? So yeah. it's, I don't think companies are just looking to, you know, nobody wants to lay off people left and right, right? So, yeah. um, but, you know, as you said, it can happen. And that threat, you know, is ingrained in people because rightly yeah. so, it, it could happen.
1: Yeah, and not necessarily the first impact that you create uh, is positive. Why introducing some new change, it might start with people screaming and yelling that they're losing their job. And we don't have to go that far or, you know, uh, that specific to 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 um, imagine this scenario. Just look at uh, what has been happening over the years. You know, you create internet, people lose jobs, people are, if you go very back into the history, you know, first industrial revolution where people just go from um, working all day long on a field to actually into, into factories. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be happening again with the new technologies, AI, you know, the, the, um, uh, vehicles that drive themselves and everything it's just amazing and it will definitely create tension but ultimately i think we all can agree and especially people who are listening to a technical podcast about new technology are probably resonating with this idea that ultimately uh, and hopefully it will just create a better world for all of us
0: yeah i mean i hope so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i really hope so um i did read um or i did listen to a podcast about um this um innovation this um you know because back in the day like 90 percent of people were working in the fields and then we found a way to automate the manual labor right but with this new um age of ai we're finding ways to automate thinking itself so if the human cannot provide manual labor or the, like the thinking labor like the mental labor then what can they provide emotional labor i have no idea you know so that's that's um we're gonna have to find our place here if we if even thinking is outsourced to a machine then uh, well, what are we good for yeah, so better get used to the change. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're warning you right now, just so you get used to it. Yeah. Let's go to the solution mode, Patrick. Absolutely. So, I mean, we have talked about um, why people are resistant to changing in the first place, and a lot of these are warranted. I, we have felt them ourselves, but there are things that you can do, um, if you're the person or the organization introducing the change, that will soften a lot of these symptoms. Right. So, number one. I think is one of the most important is clarifying the goal, the overarching like goal that you're trying to achieve with this change, right? That plainly um, goes into the motivation behind why this is done in the first place, outlining the goal, what we're trying to achieve and why, right? Giving more context, because as we said before, people don't know why these things happen in the first place, why it doesn't even affect me, right? This isn't even my problem, but I need to change because of something else if you outline the reason why you stick people in the room together and say, well, you need to change because then I can do my job better, gives a lot more empathy as to why you need to do this in the first place, right? So laying this out there and identifying what the benefits of this are is incredibly important.
1: Yeah, um, I will actually mention here another thought I read in another book where uh, they were urging managers and people in charge to uh scream about everything that's going on on ongoing basis because it's not enough if you communicate something once or twice you know unless everybody is already fed up with your message um well you're doing things wrong because only at the point where everybody already is fed up and people are actually talking about and knowing about the change that's where you clearly communicated the idea the the thing that is supposed to change and um, why are you potentially even doing that? Because if you just send one memo, one email, oh, by the way, from next week onward, we are using a new ERP system. Not that this happened in our case, but you probably create more questions than answers and uh, everybody just gets scared. So um, if you are about to introduce some new way of working, well, people should know about it and you should uh, be very clear on the goals. Keep. Mentioning them, bringing them up in every opportunity you get, because uh, there's always a chance that somebody is not listening. But if you tell it five times to a person, well, maybe on the fifth time, the person actually starts understanding.
0: Yeah, this is actually so good that you mentioned that, because I've witnessed this um, live while working at Airbus. There was a new way of working introduced, and my God, you saw it everywhere. It was plastered on yeah. your news feeds, on the brochures that you got. It was plastered on the bus stops internally. It was plastered on the in the cafeteria. It was everywhere. You could yeah. not avoid it. Everyone was talking about it because they just invested so much um, resources into getting that message out there. It was huge. Yeah.
1: I mean, if this is what it takes, then let's let's do it. Because if you're a large organization, there's always decent chance that somebody's not listening, or is busy, or just has another meeting, or just does something else. It's it's how we are programmed. So uh, if you're not scream it you're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, it also, I mean, this also depends very much on scale and who this thing is really affecting. Because, I mean, what I was just mentioning really affected everybody. But, you know, if you're talking about something that only affects your department, you don't need to go print fly- flyers in a cafeteria for 10,000 people. <laughs> if, you know, they don't even know who you are, you know. So um, <laughs> it's it, it it can depend on the scale and what you're trying to achieve, right? Clearly, internal marketing doesn't tell you anything,
1: Patrick. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next point. And that is design a clearly defined and organized plan. So it's not only clarification and uh, communication, but it's also about, well, doing the actual work. If you are responsible for the change, you have to sit down on your, on your butt and actually write down a plan. Uh, a, a plan. How does it going to affect you? what is necessary what are the resources what is the the schedule what are the 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 milestones you want to reach everything is important because you will probably at the beginning will even fight for for uh you know with other stakeholders with uh, their own ideas for implementing a change in the first place and when you finally get the keys from your you know from the car which is your, your pres- represented by your organization well then you pretty much need to know um what you want to do how you want to do it, and what is your approach
0: towards change. This is a good point, but I think in the previous episode, we also outlined that regardless of how good your plan is, things can go wrong, right? So exactly. <laughs> th- this is something that you also always need to take into account. Like Regardless if you have everything detailed to like the last minute of and the every single presentation and milestones and everything that you're trying to achieve. You know allowing yourself for that flexibility and allowing yourself to say okay this is what we're trying to get to we'll come back after this quality gate and we'll just reassess mm-hmm. that everything's going to plan and then we'll can replan and all these things so um th- it's it's a very good point to plan in the first place and not just loosely say okay newer ERP Sims allabim and we got it no 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 like we need a detailed step-by-step guide on how you plan to achieve this because if it doesn't even remotely sound feasible then you know again how do you get people to go along with it
1: yeah, um, on the what you said, uh, it's uh, you know it's pretty clear. You have a point A and point B where you want to get, um, but you have to assume that the that the road you will take will be bumpy, and it might take you off the road for um, significant amounts of time, even where something's just going wrong. But ultimately, you still want to get to the point B which you aligned or which you created for yourself, but it just might take a little longer than you anticipated. And coming back to pain uh to, to, to the point B, um, you know, the end goal is not just to roll out the change. Um, I would even argue that uh rolling out the change is significantly easier than everything that happens after. Uh take an implementation of a new tool, for instance. I mean, that's also the whole reason why we are doing these episodes about change management. You know, the the longer that there is some new technology or the tool on the market, the easier it gets to implement because there are companies such as ourselves who have been doing it over and over again, and we can do a pretty decent uh, job to to we get you going. We do a fantastic going. job, Jakub. Yeah, we do a fantastic job. Exactly. Um, however, uh, you know, you have to think about what happens after we do our fantastic job and create mm-hmm. this tool for you, because then um, it just creates so many other questions that need to be answered for the sole reason that uh, suddenly it's you who have the change and what do you do with it? What is your plan? And now, did you uh, plan for the resources you will be needed? Did you plan for the company plan that you will utilize the moment that you have everything in place? Uh, These these targets are as important as uh, knowing what is it that you want to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, if you need an analogy, it's like we can build a car, but at some point someone's going to need to drive it right yeah. and the driving part i think is the biggest part of a car's life cycle right is where you drive it how you drive it um, how you get its serviced. everything that comes along with it is way after the production of it the production of it is just a small thing and you know companies have gotten pretty good at it like you said you know new technology has been around longer they they know how to do it and everything's fine mm-hmm. but it's the part that comes after that has the legs and determines if this has been a success or failure
1: yeah It has to do a lot with our next point, which is a creation of a solid management structure. Um, Somebody will have to be the driver of the car, of the change. Um, So knowing who it is and knowing uh, the responsibility of the person and uh, who does the person answer to, who or what is the person delivering, is 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 vital for any change to take place especially after the change actually takes place and you know you are now um challenged with uh what the change actually brings to your company and we already mentioned in uh in, in our previous pain points that we had this ripple effect that um uh has an impact of your organization and with having a solid management structures where people are actually dis- are talking to one another and are aware of the changes and are know all about the overarching uh issues well they can probably prepare for them uh in a bay- way better and organized fashion
0: yeah i mean it's 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 such a good point because there's nothing worse than having a change and then you ask yourself okay well something's going wrong who do i go to you know, who's my, who's my go-to guy, you know, uh, or, or, you know, who's, who's the person that I, that I complain about that this thing doesn't work or, you know, generally who do you address in, in this change process, right? You have concerns, you have a potential um, impact that could, you know, break once this change rolls out, you know, who is the person that you speak to? Um, So having that clearly defined is, is, is huge.
1: Yeah. On to the next point. I love it. All right. Go on. All right. Well, communicate. Listen to objections and fi- find ways to address them. I mean, we are human beings. Communication is the key, and not only in a um, you know between human relations, but also in organization. Um, you have to talk. You know, it comes back to our first point where we were saying that you have to yell and scream about the change, but uh, you should all also listen, not only talk, because if uh, 95% of companies telling you that what you're doing is completely rubbish. Then, well, maybe you should at least, uh, take into account their opinions and eventually allow some of these people who are actually criticizing you, uh, to, to allow them into planning and giving them parts of the ownership of the changes you're trying to implement. Because who knows? Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe you are just a, a new person to a company who is trying to make its own footprint and make its own impact. Uh, but maybe uh, you should try to listen to people who have been there for 20 years and uh, uh, actually know how things go.
0: Yeah, this is such a psychological thing as well. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about people's um, interventions. You absolutely should. They bring up valid points uh, uh, like very, very much of the time. But also, I think a lot of the satisfaction with new change just comes from you know, people feel it like their concerns are heard. You know that they are being listened to, that this is being considered at the very least, and rather than just you know screaming against the wall and you can't do anything, right? So I think a lot of it, this is psychological and um, needs to be taken into account. You need to give people a platform to voice their opinions and their concerns because you know, guess what? People are fairly smart, and they <laughs> probably will give you a concern or two that gives you something to think about. So, um, you know, listening is um, half of the picture.
1: Yeah, and uh, together, hand in hand with this also comes this um, uh, reassurance that you provide to uh, eventually the people who are impacted by the change and that you give them um, time to adopt, that you give them enough of training, enough of educations. You create a system of mentors and generally a support system that um, helps them on the way to change. Um, this is again something that uh, cannot be overstated because having a proper time to acclimate is is vital for any major change where you actually need to um, uh, educate the people and uh, create maybe even a new uh, knowledge or uh, that you didn't have in your organization before.
0: Yeah, and this I think takes us to the next point of creating an environment that does not punish a mistake, right? Because this is very much building that safe environment that illustrates to everybody that's involved saying, hey guys, this is new for us, this is new for you. It's going to be difficult and you're going to make mistakes. And that's okay, right? It's okay to not be good at something new. And um, signifying the importance of that and making sure that, hey, you're not going to get punished if if you mess up. No one's expecting you guys, everybody to be perfect Mm -hmm. at the beginning. I think enforcing that way of thinking and being okay with people making mistakes and, you know, figuring out a way so they can constructively learn from those mistakes. Like, hey, you messed this up. Let's go through, you need maybe training or here in the manual, you can see Mm -hmm. how to do this properly or something like that. Giving them the tools to figure out what from their mistakes they can learn and what they need to change in order to avoid these mistakes in future. And um, there's nothing worse than, you know, just expecting perfection from day one because (laughs) yeah, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah at the same time this might be uh, a delicate topic for managers because there's always on one side you know giving enough time giving enough resources for someone to adopt and to learn and on the other hand you have uh, the people who have been provided with enough of resources have enough of time and still didn't adopt and this is then again unfortunately the responsibility for the manager to assess on how to move with the situation and what um uh, steps to take to get out of that. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think we need to get uh, deeper into this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, three years of make, making the same mistake, you know. Yeah, I think you can, um, we can all agree that, you know, there's a certain time where things yeah. should be learned. I mean, if people learn at different rates, right? So some people pick things up easier than others. It's just important to know who these people are and give them the support that they need in order to get to where everybody else is. yeah
1: next point um welcome the opportunity for change um if you create an organization where changes are a natural part of the work uh well then maybe it will be easier to roll out something new than in an organization where things have been running the same way for 20 years and uh you know, if you seed these, if you plant these seeds early, uh, you will probably struggle at the beginning as everyone always is. But as people get used to that, as people know that you are trying to stay ahead of the pack of your competition, that you're staying, uh, you're trying to be this, uh, cutting edge technological company. Well, the expectations are pretty high and they probably. Even want to change themselves you might be attracting people who crave the change who want to create something new rather than be uh, cuffed by the the bureaucracy and the old ways and this is ultimately something that you are trying to to create
0: yeah i mean to think of an analogy that just came to my head i mean imagine moving a tree that's been growing there for like 50 50 years um that those roots are going to go pretty deep actually roots don't actually go deep it kind of depends on the tree but regardless it's um it it's much more easier to to move a tree that's been growing for a year rather than 50 years right and if you keep moving it you know it's it's much easier i'm not sure what how this analogy turned into deforestation but you know here we are <laughs> sorry about that guys plant trees please
1: didn't deforestation had to do something with our process mining ideas in one of our previous episodes? I think it was? might have, yeah. It might have. Yeah. <laughs> how, did we, but, how did we come up with that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's, let's finish the list. We have last two items on it. Um, so the next one is uh, to be willing to backtrack when the change does not meet desired goals. And it also comes back a little bit to this loss of pace. Uh, you don't want to be the person who loses its face. You should be open to criticism and you should be open also to to failure. not every project is a success uh, I hate to admit uh, but you know I sometimes also have to swallow my pride and just say, okay what I've been doing here just doesn't make any sense let's start over let's cut our lo- let's let's count our losses and let's start over because this just doesn't lead anywhere and if you are creating a change, maybe sometimes you have to start uh, considering also some restrictions constraints that you have Either from budget or time perspective, and just uh, just uh, call it call it a day at some point, and maybe uh, have uh, a, a big pool of other ideas on how to what would be the new um, way you are taking on how to uh, mitigate the, the the loss that you might have created through the change.
0: Yeah, it's actually a good point because you know we talked about swallowing your pride and your ego and accepting change and you know putting that aside but that also goes vice versa right the person implementing the change also has to put their ego aside and say this clearly hasn't worked out you know roll it back saying okay we made a mistake we know hopefully why this was a mistake and hopefully those lessons can go into a successful change further in the future this of course needs to be kind of um, juggled a little bit because, as you said, loss of face is is pretty bad and also keeps um, people or has people being reluctant towards future changes. So that needs to be taken into account. Hey, if we admit that this is a failure, you know, we're have, we have these ripple effects, as we said, that people won't change in the future either. So it's a bit of a toss-up, but I think depending on how badly the change goes, um, you know, uh, you need to close the chapter of whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And finally, a uh, last point on our list, uh, which is actually a topic that I would love to discuss uh, further in details in one of our future episodes, which is a creation of community around the change <laughs> and. Sorry, up, and the first
0: point that you wrote was peer pressure. Is <laughs> <laughs> that really that positive?
1: Well, you know, you can uh, pressure your peers by uh, telling them that, uh, you know, uh, Marta from our other accounting team is already using the tool. Why aren't you using the tool? Huh? Oh, yeah, shaming them
0: a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. That's the nice community put the, we're creating. Put the
1: spotlight on them. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's Patrick, that's just a uh, wrong ordering. What I always wanted to start with, obviously, early adopters and champions. No, and, of course, uh, okay, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is that uh, I found it fascinating that different companies are are having different approaches towards creating the community around certain tool, around certain where, way of working, and w- through empowering the people who are affected by change, uh, to the change Uh, and uh, making them take the responsibility uh, you can actually um, speed the adoption uh, speed the or improve the acceptance and eventually have them uh, you know create this snowball effect where people are just uh, jumping on your boat on the new tool by themselves and you don't really have to uh, create all those workshops but because the people hear from their peers that something is actually Superior to what they are doing, maybe they want to eventually do the same thing. I mean, look at the smartphones. Like uh, twenty years ago, people with smartphones were weird. Then uh, started to be a, a thing that uh, young people and tech savvy people were using. And today, even
0: my grandma have a smartphone. Wow, <laughs> that, that's impressive. But yeah, you, may, you make a good point, and it's. I think this really highlights the importance of having those people that become champions and early adopters, right? There's some people that are just super enthusiastic about some of these things. And it's important to give them the space to become champions and give them the support they need because they drive the positive change with their peers, right? There's um, nothing worse than having just a a bunch of people that say, well, honestly, I'm doing my eight hours. Don't bother me. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Those are, might not be the best candidates for making a champion or an early adopter. But once you find them, you know, you they're dependable, they're reliable. That's mm-hmm. a, a great person to, to championize. That's not a word. <laughs> it could be, let's go it, it. it is, it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, so actually here a big shout out and even a request from all of you, dear listeners. If you know of anyone who actually created a community around the tool, uh, ideally about around process mining, but can be process management in general in an organization, just please reach out because we would love to talk to such a person. And what are different approaches that they are taking? What are the tools that they are trying to bring the people together? I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen the teams communities. I've seen uh, uh, like a full day organiz- or full day workshops where all the teams come together. If you remember the episode with Michael Klop- Kloppenburg, like from the early days, he was also talking about this, where they just brought all the people from the process together and created like this huge workshop on site. So these are interesting ways on how you can bring the people together, how you can create the communities. And we would really, really love to talk about it and about what are the positive impacts, but also, as usual, negative impacts. And that actually brings us to the end of today's episode, where we talked about overcoming the resistance to change and what are some of the ways that people are actually um, resisting the change in the first place. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I can already say that in our next episode, we finally will have uh, a guest. Uh, we've <laughs> experienced some technical issues. So, uh, you know, the reason why we don't bring the guests, it's, well, first of all, because we feel that we have something to say as well. Right, Patrick?
0: Okay, we always <laughs> have something to say. We, all, <laughs>
1: yeah, we always have something to say. But I know that you guys are already eager to hear from more experts. And we will be bringing you one in our next episode of Mining Your Business. Until then, please stay with us. If you didn't hear our previous episodes, just go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or basically when, wherever and whenever you're listening to your favorite show, and just give it a try and uh, listen to our previous topics, as there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of interesting guests that we have interviewed over, wow, over the years already. Almost two years, Patrick. Has it almost been two years? Almost been two years in Ooh, three months, I think. Pretty we, need cool. we need to celebrate. You um, need to celebrate. Anyway, if you like the show, please leave uh, leave us a review. It will uh, help us a lot. Uh, Just rank us, tell tell about us to your friends, to your colleagues who might get some value out of our podcast as well. If you have any question, just text us on LinkedIn or on the email mindingyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, Patrick, and everyone have a nice day. Bye-bye.